Welcome back to all the listeners to Beyond the Field. My name is Cam Ostrom from Our Money Empire here with Issa Nasiwa, Money Empire Advisor. Issa, how are you? I'm very good, pumped. Let's get into it. Good stuff. This episode, we're going to um, go into a bit more detail on serviceability, borrowing capacity. So when you're looking to, to get a loan, how much you can get and what the banks look at. So first of all, right off the bat, Issa, if a bank's looking at you or a lending institution is looking at a client, um, what are they looking at and how does it work around borrowing money? Look, they are looking at you as, firstly, are you an individual looking to buy under this money or are you um, a couple, are you a married couple? Um, they're just looking at how much they are willing to borrow you and even if they will lend you money. So they're profiling you in other words? Pretty much, they're looking at you and we often talk to our clients around having a nice clean profile um, which is always a positive from the bank size. So a clean profile is stability in um, living situations in terms of addresses. So being stable and living there for a while, are you talking around employment, having a job for a certain amount of time, all this type of stuff, they're not looking for transient type people, is that what you're saying? Yeah, look, in a bank size, if they see that you are hopping between address to another address to three or four different addresses during the year, you've got no stability in your income or employment and you're hopping from job to job to job, it's not a good look um, from the bank's eyes and how they look at you and how they profile you. So the more consistent um, your lifestyle, your employment, your income, your living situation, um, the better profile you are in the bank's eyes. So it's not saying you can't get a loan, but it's saying, hey, you know, uh, banks like certain types of clients and, and with credit becoming harder and harder to obtain, uh, you want a bit more stability in your life. The thing we get asked all the time, interest rates. We know what a true interest rate is in terms of uh, what you get when you actually draw down on a mortgage, but in terms of a servicing interest rate, tell us more about that. All the main banks, all the lenders have a very different servicing test rate. They see what that mortgage day mortgage rate is uh, out in the public that the media see but then they're very conservative in how they have to protect themselves um, protect you as an individual or as a couple and they have what they call a servicing test rate which is far higher than the going interest rate at any given time and most of the banks have very different different servicing rates um, and it's a conservative approach to how much they will lend you so let's say a one-year fixed rate at the moment is 3.39 percent what would typically the average bank be using an interesting testing or servicing rate at? Servicing test rates can go upwards of 7% or more. 5%, 6 6%, 7.2% we've seen. Um, this is how they uh, conduct their servicing test rate on individuals or couples. So for the average listener out there, if they're inflating the interest rate by 3%, obviously your repayments are going to be a lot higher. So they're testing out whether you can afford that at the higher rate if interest rates ever move? If there was an interest rate change in the market, if it shifts up um, considerably, they want to make sure they're not putting you in a worse off position um, and giving you the best possible outcome to service that if interest rates were to rise dramatically. Cool. Tell us some, what are some of the other things that um, banks look at for service? Look, they look at um, if you have rental income coming in, if you have uh, border income um, they won't use 100% of it. Uh, they look at things like scaling that and what that looked like. Um, so typically they scale that back from 100%. And is that due to 
uh, vacancies or, or if your room's not rented out or whatever? Yeah, look, ideally, you you know, in a bank size, they would like to see a room rented out 100% of the year. They'd like to see a home rented out 52 weeks of the year. In reality, um, that's often not the case. You might have renovations going on. You might need a few things done to the property. So they've got to allow um, for vacancy rates to be a little bit down. So that's hence why they scale rental income and border income, you know, down to 80%. So for all the listeners out there, just just on, um, I suppose, border income uh, and usability of that, a lot of first-home buyers now, um, because uh, it is quite expensive to buy and your outgoings are quite high, they get in people to rent out rooms off them um, and banks can use that income uh, yeah, as ab- servicing. Absolutely. If you're you know, a single person purchasing your first house um, and you're buying a nice, stable three-bedroom home, um, why not get in, um, a flatmate or a boarder to you know come in and rent out that room? And you know it does them a favour. They might be renting the room off or bordering being a border in your house for $150 a week, you know, in the bank size, they will use that towards serviceability um, and as a stream of income to help service the mortgage. Expenses, Issa, tell us a little bit about this and how banks look at these on your outgoings. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are really good with the budget um, and they have very strict policies around what insurance is going out each week, how much you spend on food each week, all your fixed outgoings. From a bank size, that all tends to be inflated just to cover themselves, um, cover yourself for if situations change. So a lot often from the bank size, all your expenses need to be inflated to uh, cover yourself um, in the long run. So banks now are looking into a lot more detail around your outgoings, what they may be, the periodic um, timing of these, and also too, uh, how often these may occur. Are they a daily, weekly, monthly, annual annual occurrence? from this, um, KiwiSaver? KiwiSaver, look, it's, uh, it's if you're getting paid monthly and you're contributing, it's, it was such a great thing to use that towards your deposit on your house. You've got to realise that that doesn't stop. You will continue to contribute to your KiwiSaver, to super funds. If that's on a monthly basis, then the banks will look at that um, and once again put that into their servicing calculator as an ongoing fixed cost that will continue once you purchase your home. And student loans? Student loans, how, how do banks look at those? Do they, they take them into an expense, obviously, uh, until such time, or how, how does that work? Yeah, it's it's what we would look at as a good asset in the long run, because the reality at the end of the day, if you've used a student loan, then you're bettering yourself in the long run. From the bank size, it's still there. It's Once you're being paid over a certain threshold, um, that is going to come out of your account each month. So once again, um, it's often a kicker in certain uh, situations which we've seen lately around um, student loan being a payment that will come out. The uh, the word we don't like is short-term debt or credit cards. Favorability from banks on these. How, how do banks look at this if you've got a bit of short-term debt, car finance or credit cards or whatever it may be? Yeah, it all affects your overall uh, serviceability from the bank size. You know, you know, credit cards when used properly, they're still an issue from the bank size, such as the limits on what these credit cards are. If it's paid off each month, if it's well looked at, they still have to take into consideration the reality is you could withdraw all those funds um, at the blink of an eye and all of a sudden you have some large repayments, short-term debts, car finance. Um, these are all fixed costs that have to be taken into um, account. You might have it only on a five-year term, but the reality is for the next five years you're going to be paying that much towards a car 
uh, payment or finance, um, and it's a fixed cost. So what you're saying on credit cards or anything like that, if you never use them but you've got a 10K limit, the bank will look at that as being fully drawn because you can, and that they've got to allocate 3% of that limit or $300 every month uh, as an outgoing, which could affect, I suppose, your overall score. Yeah, absolutely. It has all comes down to your overall score at the end of the day. And you know, as you've mentioned, a $10,000 credit card limit, they're gonna allow $300 per month to go towards that payment, whether you use the card or not. So at the end of the day, it's about building the right profile um, and it all leans towards how you are gonna be able to service this and loan. Obviously, uh, children, um, and dependents uh, are a big thing, um, and, and banks are looking at these and, um, and pushing, I suppose, increasing your expenses to cover um, children or dependents. Yeah, we all know, um, well, all the people out there with kids know how expensive it is to um, have children and to raise children, and the banks take this all into consideration. Whether you've got one child, whether you've got two children, the growing families are bigger, um, whether you've got our kids to... Uh, outside of your living situation that all comes into uh, considerations child support all these things affect serviceability in the bank size childcare daycare it's a big thing we see a lot yeah and daycare is not cheap um, uh, but the reality is when you have two, a couple these days and both parents need to work um, daycare costs are an expense that are not going anywhere depending on how old your children are and um, they are big costs at the end of the day. So a lot of expenses can be mitigated in some respect if they are falling off, like a child's going from daycare to school, so they are mitigants, but that's um, the importance of getting a good advisor, I'm guessing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, from the bank side, it needs to be all out on the table, but all written up in the right way to say, hey, look, I have a dependent that's living at home, but the reality is he's gonna turn 18. All of a sudden, doesn't become a dependent, might be moving overseas. Uh, all these daycare costs where they're going to be going to school soon, where there aren't um, extraordinary fees at school. All of these things need to be taken into account um, and a good broker um, will help guide you through this. So overall, the bank takes into consideration your gross net income, putting that together with all your expenses and outgoings. From there, how do they formulate it and how do they round it off? At the end of the day, there's a special number and this number is called the UMI. Uh, figure at the end of the day the what bank's stamp for uncommitted monthly income this is the magic number and we like this to be clean and positive and green at the end of the day so if that all um, after at the end of the day if the bank's taken all this into consideration and that um, is a positive number at the end of the day then the reality is in real life you will be able to get uh, the mortgage amount, the loan, and you'll be able to service it comfortably. Fantastic. Thanks, Lisa. Look, that was, um, to all listeners out there, that was a bit more detail on serviceability, which going towards with a deposit um, creates your purchase price. Um, my name was Kane Wallstrom. Um, that was Lisa Nasiwa. Uh, if you guys have any questions on anything that was spoken around about serviceability, please get in touch by any of, any of our social media platforms, um, email, phone, or via our website, which is www.moneyempire.co.nz. Thank you, sir.